0: Just raise your hand if you'd like to have a copy of the notes. God's words are life to us and health to all of our flesh. Psalm 107 verse 20 says he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. Thank God for his holy written word. I I don't know how it gets any better than that. I mean, when I'm thinking about my son wouldn't be here if it were not for the word of God and faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and the stripes that he bore for us what can you say thank God for it amen everybody ready let's hold our Bibles to heaven and say thank you Father for your holy written word it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh I have what your word says I have I have I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will never pass away. It's eternal. Praise God. I want to talk to you about John chapter 5, and the title is, Will You Be Made Whole? Will You Be Made Whole? It's the narrative that we have in John chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. We're going to read through probably 16 verses. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem... And there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. And Bethesda means house of mercy, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude. Notice that a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man, notice it's a certain man, not somebody made up, was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Notice the question. Will you be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step it down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, he that made me whole, the same said to me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said to him, behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee or unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Therefore, did the Jews praise Jesus and plan a party? It doesn't say that. I mean, the man that hasn't walked in 38 years, he's paralyzed from his waist down. Oh, no, they persecute jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the sabbath day it's okay to plan his murder on the sabbath day but not to heal a paralytic right someone with a palsy someone who can't walk Mm, something wrong with that picture i would think so Uh, god's will in my opinion what i believe the bible teaches has already been established it's been revealed to us in scripture And it is the will of God that every single one of us be brought back to a right condition in spirit, in soul, and in body. It's his will that every single one of us experience life and that more abundantly. And I believe that God did everything in his power to make that clear to every single one of us when Jesus was on the earth. How do I know that? There are more recorded healings that took place in the gospels in three and a half years of his public ministry, then in 4,000 years of human history. And the Bible says when he came on earth, he came to do the will of the Father God. And moved with compassion, he healed every single person that ever came to him. Everyone was healed. He healed them all. So if we understand that to be the will of God, that is Jesus then we also understand that every person that was healed by him represents the will of the Father for all humanity. And so, Jesus is the will of God, you could say, in motion. Now, when it comes to being made whole, I do believe he's talking about a radical change in a person's life. And you'll see this in a moment, how this man wasn't just healed physically, but he had a radical change in his personal life. And I believe when we all come to Christ, there should be a radical change In spirit, in soul, in body. Born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Aren't you glad you have life eternal and that your ticket is stamped and you're on your way to glory when Jesus comes back again? But also then mentally and emotionally, it's important to understand the need to study God's word. Why? Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand. And when you think about all the things we're going through in this world today, if you just surround yourself with all that garbage, I'll tell you what, you're going to be underneath it all. But if you start looking at those things that Jesus has done, and the things you have in Him, it'll change your whole perspective on life. Everything will change the way you think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But then your physical body as well. You realize He created these bodies of ours? We're His creation. Fearfully and wonderfully made, we are told. And that's why, oh my goodness, when I think about what we've done in our government about abortion it's just absolutely just i don't know what it does to you this body is fearfully and wonderfully made by the living god and even think about practicing partial birth abortion absolutely just takes me over the edge i don't know what it does to you but i'm telling you jeremiah was known before his mother's womb that's a human life can you say amen amen, amen. So he wants us whole in spirit, in soul, and in body. And he's made provision for that. And the thing is, what more could God do to prove it? What more could Jesus do to prove it? He did everything he possibly could. Well, let me show you. In the book of Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, the Bible tells us that he himself became the curse for us. But look what it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So through Jesus Christ, we see that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Someone says, well, that's just the Jews redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, that's true. But why? That the blessings of Abraham might come on who? The Gentiles. Notice, it's not the blessings of the law. But the blessings of Abraham. Because Abraham was before the law. So whatever God promised. Abraham belongs to all the Gentiles as well. Can you say amen? Amen. So we're blessed with faithful Abraham. He's going to bless you coming in. When you're going out. In the city. In the field. In the basket. In the store. When you lie down. When you rise up. You are blessed. You are blessed. And why are you blessed? To be a blessing everywhere you go. Not to be selfish with it. But to be a blessing everywhere you go. To the people that you come into contact with on an everyday basis. So if he didn't want us delivered and set free, he wouldn't have redeemed us from the curse. He became the curse, he became sin, he became sickness, he became mental anguish for us on that tree to deliver us from that. And if you study that out, the curse of the law included every sickness and every disease, known unknown, named unnamed, written unwritten, he redeemed us from. Now secondly, in Romans 8, 31 and 32, look at these verses. If God did not want us well, he wouldn't have done this. What, thing, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his only son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So the greater would be giving us Jesus. The lesser would be healing us, helping us. If he didn't want to help us, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. So if God didn't want us to be well, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to do it. So God wants us well. Jesus wants us well. If Jesus didn't want us well, he would have not died on the cross. No one made him do... Nothing was done apart from his will. And you realize it was his will to go to a cross where he suffered and died, became the curse, became sin, became mental anguish and disease. He became all that on that tree. And the Bible says that the Father himself, Jehovah God, laid on him the iniquity of us all and the diseases of us all. With the stripes that he placed upon him. We were healed it says. And so therefore he placed all that on Jesus. And so if he didn't want us well. If he didn't want us whole. God would have never sent Jesus. And Jesus would have never gone to a cross. But I've read my Bible. And it says that's exactly what he did. Amen. Absolutely. And that's what produces faith. So if God wasn't willing. He wouldn't have sent Jesus. But he did. Now. The question is. Not God's will see it's never that we know the will of God when the leper came to him and he said if you will thou canst make me clean Jesus said I will the Roman centurion came and said my servant lies home sick of the palsy Jesus said I will come and heal him the will of God's revealed but what a question Jesus would ask this impotent man who is there by the pool the house of mercy with how many people multitude of those that are blind withered halt Okay, and they're all in that same area by the pool. And what are they waiting for? The troubling of the water because an angel went down during a certain season and whoever got in first, that person got healed. So Jesus is walking by the marketplace. He's walking through Jerusalem and all of a sudden he strikes up a conversation with this fellow who's been lying there. We don't know how long he was lying there. But we know his condition. He was above 38 years old. So 38 years old he is paralyzed. And my commentaries tell me from a youth he had this particular paralysis. So imagine this. There you are lying by the pool for a long period of time. Because it says he's been a long time in that way. And you're waiting to get into the water. Because when it's troubled, the first person that gets in is going to get healed. And so Jesus sees him, and what does he say to him? Wilt thou be made whole? Really? <laughs> Do you not see the multitudes of people that are here waiting for the trimming of the water? Why are you asking me, will I be made whole? And now listen, this is a question, and the only thing it requires is a one-word answer. Yes or no. Will you be made whole? Anybody here that's really terribly sick this morning? If I were to ask you the question. Will you be made whole? Would you say no? I mean if you would. (laughs) I don't know of anyone that would say. Yes I would rather stay sick today. I I don't think so. Well the man doesn't answer with the one word yes. He begins to elaborate on why he can't enter Can't enter the water and can't get healed. And I want you to pull this verse 7 up again. I want us to read this again. Look at this, what it says. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me. I see three things to point out here that are very important, extremely important to all of us. The first thing being his helplessness. I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. I can't do it myself, that's helpless. And I have no man to help me, that's helplessness. No matter who I talk to, no matter who I've tried maybe to beckon for help, no one, have you ever been there before? And it seems like you're in a situation of helplessness. And there's no help for you anywhere you go. No matter where you go. No matter who you try to get to help. But seemingly if they could help you they would help you. But he's in a state or a situation where no one would help him. Maybe they could but they wouldn't help him. Well why wouldn't they help him? Obviously they're out there concerned about themselves right? Secondly it shows us also hopelessness. What does he say? Another goes in before me. So this is a hopeless situation because of my condition. When I'm trying to get in, I can't get in. Because these other people with maybe minor situations, they get in before I do. Now, I want you to see this picture. You've got this pool. You've got a multitude of people. And at a certain season, the water's troubled. And who gets in first gets healed. And that's it. Anyone else? You've got to wait for the next troubling of the water. Now, I want to show you the house of mercy. It's a dog-eat-dog world at the house of mercy. I mean it. Dog-eat-dog world. You're you're there for yourself. Who's concerned about this guy? 38 years, no matter how long he's I want to get in there and get healed. Did you ever go into a bank? Do you remember before they they put up these um, portable rails in a bank? You used to walk into the bank and... There's two tellers, one here and one there. And you walk in and you think, okay, I'm going to go here. Then you stand there and you go, I hope no one else comes in. I hope no one else comes in. I hope no one else comes in. Because they don't have the rails then. So all of a sudden, you're standing there behind this person who's being waited on. And someone else comes in and they stand behind that one. And you're thinking, you better hurry. You better hurry. You better hurry. You better hurry. All of a sudden, that person gets done, and this next person who is there after you goes up to the counter. Now you're standing there going, do I shift or do I stay? And you're almost like, but no, they just started. They're probably almost done, but I pray no one else comes in. I pray no one else comes in. Someone else walks in, and they're standing there. And they're done. And they move up. And now you're really thinking this thing through. I'm doing it. You make the, you make the decision. Now you pray. I hope no one else walks in over there. <laughs> Suddenly someone else walks in and stands over there. You better get done first. You better get done first. They're done. They go up. And you're standing there. What do I do now? Do I take the plunge and go back over there? Do I stay over here? Is this going to be long like that one was? And before you know it, four people have gone on in front of you. Thank God that they put these things up. (laughs) Because then you're next. No matter who gets done first, I'm next. Right? So there's the guy, the troubling of the water... He's probably praying, put up some rails here. Everybody get the back of the line. I'm next. I'm going in that water. I'm going to be the first one to get in that water. you got athlete's feet. Get out of here. Get out of the line. I've never walked in my life on my feet. Yeah, the house of mercy. Dog eat dog world. You're there for yourself and that's all there is to it. And nobody would help this man get in. Maybe they got tired of being there. I can't be here 24-7. I've got a job to do. Right? And so he's now not only helpless, he is hopeless. And the third thing that I extracted from that particular verse of Scripture, and I believe this is the thing that attracted him to Jesus and Jesus to him. You ready for it? Determination. Put that verse up again one more time. Let's look at this. The impotent man answered and said, "Sir, I have no man when the water troubled to put me into the pool. Helplessness. But while I am coming, determination, another step it down before me: hopelessness. But in the middle of all that is determination. I was inspired and i also admired the fact that this man kept coming down maybe he wasn't going to get in but he was trying with all his might when i'm coming down and to me it just resonates he's trying he's trying he's not with a bad attitude you know attitude determines altitude you realize that I believe what attracted Jesus to him was the fact that this man was determined no matter what. No matter how long he was there, how long the condition was, after 38 years. You know what we're told after 38 years? You kind of give up. You kind of give up and you basically resign yourself to the fact that this is how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. But you know what? This man was determined no matter what. He was clawing his way all the time. Every time there was a troubling of the water, he's clawing pulling himself with his arms, trying to get into the water, but failed every time because he just was never going to be fast enough, hopeless. But he was determined. And so what does Jesus do? He cuts him off. What would people do today? I feel so bad for you. I feel so bad. And we should. We should be sympathetic and compassionate toward people that are suffering. But not Jesus, he says, rise up and walk. Whoa. In other words, listen. All you need is me. People can fail you. Your body's failing you. But all you need is me. So rise up and walk. Rise up. Rise up and walk. And a man rose up, took his bed, and went into the temple. was immediately what he did. Wow. Think about that. The gospel... Is a message of good news. You realize that? It's telling us. No matter where we're at. We can rise up. Where are you at right now this morning. You can rise up. Don't allow your attitude. To be one of defeat. Don't, don't allow it to be one of helplessness. Or hopelessness. We talked about earlier those people on the streets and what a blessed testimony here of individuals that got off the streets, got themselves a job after they accepted Christ as their savior because our team went up there and preached to them the gospel and they got saved and they got delivered and they got set free and they got a job and they're in an apartment and now they're in church. Isn't that a blessing? They might think that this is it. This is my life. I had one woman tell me on the street one time. She said, my mother was a bag lady and her mother, my grandmother was a bag lady. I'll be a bag lady for the rest of my life. I said, well, that's your attitude. That's going to be true. But you know what? I believe we should still say, rise up. Rise up. God's will is established. But what is your will? Some people resign themselves that this is the way it is. It can't be done. No other way. We could have accepted that and said, Man can't make a left pulmonary artery. Man can't do anything about Andrew's condition. And they said they couldn't. But praise God. Aren't you glad there's still Jesus around when man can't do what man can't do. But there's Jesus. And we can look to him and we can rise up as this man rose up. So if you're in a lost condition, you know what? Rise up and know that Jesus bore your sin and died for you to rise up and be saved. Washed in his precious blood and be a child of God. If you're in a situation, you know, maybe where you're sick. You can rise up and realize he bore your sickness and carried your pain. And there's a healer in the house today. If you're in a situation where you're withered, praise God, there is revival for you. You can be revived. If you're impotent like this man was, there is strength for you. And he'll add strength to your life. If you're in a place of worry and anxiety, I want you to know something. You could be at peace because he said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Don't look to the world, but as I give. I'm giving you my peace so that you can rise up and be victorious. And the list goes on and on. No matter what our situation is, I believe God has made a provision. Are you broken hearted this morning? He heals the broken heart and he binds up every wound. Hallelujah. Are you confused? He'll give you direction to your spirit and illumination to your mind. No matter what our situation is, I'll tell you what. It's not in any way greater than the God that you love and the God that you serve and the provision that was made by the cross of Calvary. Nothing. Nothing, praise God, nothing at all. Rise up and walk. Look at those verses again in verses 8 and 9. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Notice he told him to do something that was impossible for him to do. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. In other words, stop looking at your circumstances, stop observing the people around the pool. Stop sitting there thinking, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I was the one on this day that would be in the water when the water is troubled. Stop thinking about that and start realizing this. I'm not bound by the troubling of the water. My God's bigger than the troubling of the water. I'm going to rise up to a place of understanding where I recognize and I know I can go directly to him, praise God. I could look to him and believe that he will do for me what he said he would do for me in his holy written word. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying. I'm the troubling of the water. He was saying, not though over there by the angel. I'm the troubling of the water. I'm coming to deliver you from your trouble. And I'm come to set you free. So he rose up. Immediately the man was made whole. Took up his bed and walked. And the same day was what? The Sabbath day. Oh, think about that. Whenever he did something on the Sabbath day. The Jews absolutely wanted to crucify him. And they ended up saying too that it was done. But how about this? This man... In the beginning of the story. In the narrative. Is on his bed. His back is on his bed. After he met up with Jesus. His bed was on his back. And he was carrying it into the temple. Did that strike you when you read that he was in the temple? Where did he immediately go? We said there will be a radical change. You would think this man would get up and go to his family. It was the Sabbath day. He went to the temple. He went there to give God praise, honor, and glory. I'm telling you, when God does anything for anyone, there's no better place to go to his, but to his presence and say, I want to praise you. I want to bless you. I want to thank you. I want to worship you. And that's exactly where he went. But you see, when he went, he had his bed. And why did he take his bed? It was the only possession that he had. So he brought it with him. Took it with him. Now he's criticized by the Jews. Not, thank God. Not, they're not thanking God that he's walking after all these years. They're criticizing him for carrying his mat. His little bed. His cot. On the Sabbath day. That's not right to do. That's against the law. It's okay to plot someone's death and kill someone. But it's not okay. And Jesus was showing them how wrong they were. But there he is. And of course they asked him who did this. And of course he said. When he found out that it was Jesus. And as a result of course. They all the more wanted to kill him. Well this man was impotent. But his impotence. Was overcome by the omnipotence. Of the living God. Is he as powerful today. As he was then. Or has his power diminished. In any way. Is he still the God of plenty, El Shaddai? Is he still more than enough, or is he not? I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, forever, and always. And there is a healer in the house today. Now we can come here and just sit back and think, here's the pool right here. Here's the pool right here. We've gathered together like a multitude, and we're sitting around the pool. We worship, we praise, we magnify the Lord. We can sit back and just say, well, I hope one day I'm going to be the one to get delivered. I hope one day I'm going to be the one to get set free. I hope one day that maybe God will come my way. Jesus is saying to us today, rise up from that mentality and make it known that I am going to receive from the Lord my God this morning and I will be delivered and I will be set free. Have a different mindset. Rise up, praise God. You see, what happens is we get to a place where we listen to the words that we hear. And we're all like this, every one of us. You think when I heard those words in the birthing room when that doctor was panicking because Andrew was born blue. And that his blood oxygen level was in the 40s and 50s, which usually means brain damage, etc. And he, he got a flight team to comes down here at, children's, at the medical center to fly him to children's hospital. And they're saying we believe it's a transposition of the major arteries or who knows what else it could be. And, I'm, and the doctors are panicking. Everybody's going crazy because there's nothing that they can do for him. Here I am with my sixth child. I'm in the birthing room. I want to come out and just. I'm the one that didn't want to know. I never want to know. I don't want to know. I'm going to be surprised. few surprises in life. I wanted that one to be my surprise. It's a boy or is it a girl? I'm not going to change that on the sixth one. I didn't know for the first five. I don't want to change on the sixth one. And I was waiting for the moment. I could run out to the waiting room. And tell everybody that was there. It's a boy. Only this time I went out like this it's a boy and something is seriously wrong and we need to pray big difference so what I'm saying is our emotions our attitude determine the altitude that we climb to in life and if our attitude is as such I can't make it why me? why is this happening? then you're playing right into the hands of the enemy who wants to destroy you I'm never going to make ends meet. I'm never going to get a job. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. Sit there by the pool. With that attitude, you'll stay by the pool for the rest of your life but when you're like this man and says it doesn't matter to me what I got to do I'm going to claw my way I'm going to show determination I'm going to show an attitude of desperation I'm going to go and meet God like the woman with the issue of blood oh when she got out of her little cottage and she said I'm going to find him I'm going to touch the hem of his garment and I will be made whole did she not do that? blind Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside everybody's saying hush, hush, hush he says oh son of David son of David have mercy on me son of David they said hush, hush all the louder when when people tell you to hush when the enemy tells you to hush shout it out all the louder son of david have mercy on me he got so loud that when he said that all of a sudden what happened they said be of good cheer he's calling for you well i guess so Jesus saw that determination. Jesus saw that faith attitude. And so he says blind, to blind Bartimaeus, they said, he's calling for you. And what does blind Bartimaeus do? He jumps up off the Kirby, rips off his cloak that identified him as a blind beggar that enabled him and allowed him to beg for money on the streets. He whipped it off him like, like as if to say, I'm no longer going to be a blind beggar anymore. I'm going to see the king of kings and the Lord and he will have mercy on me. That's what he was his faith in that operation and action. What does he do? He goes right to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? What do you want me to do for you? Well, I got this little arthritis in my toe down here, Lord. He knew he was blind. But he says, what do you want? Jesus wants to know what do we want? You know why he says that? He wants to know if you're desperate enough. He wants to know if you desire it enough. He wants to know that it's something that you must have that you are not going to let go of. You are pursuing it with every fiber of your being. Just because you've got one setback, you're not going to take a back seat to defeat and just say, because it didn't happen here this morning immediately, I'm giving up. You don't give up the fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Declare the word of God over your situation. And watch God work. Let God work. God wants to know that we mean business with him. You know why? Because he meant business with us. And when he sent his son to die for us. He meant business with us. This plan of redemption is nothing to shake a stick at. The second person of deity. Left the glory world behind humbled himself to be clothed in flesh in the womb of a woman, was born in a stable, not in a kingly palace. He came as an infant. He came as a, a lamb to be slain, to offer his life. He walked on earth, and oh, when he began his public ministry, the world has never seen anything like it before, and would never see anything like it after. When he walked on the creation that he made in all humility but by doing like confining himself to flesh, a human body, what does he do? He does what man never did before. As, as the son of God, as really the son of man. Anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, Acts 10.38. Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And when they were with with him in the boat and there was a storm and he stood there and said peace be still and boom there was a calm. When they needed money to pay their taxes they said Peter go get that fish and the fish brings the money. When they're out there and afraid on the boat the other time when they're on the boat and there's a storm they think they're going to perish. He comes walking on the water. Tell me. Think about that. Walking on the water. Is there anything too difficult for him? As he lives his life upon the earth, he does what no man ever did. He spoke as no man ever spoke because when they tried to arrest him, what did they say? No man ever spoke like this before. They were spellbound. They were mesmerized by his appearance, power, and by his words. And finally, when they got to the place, and can you imagine this? To where they arrested him as he was with a kiss. Betrayed with a kiss by Judas. We want Jesus in Nazareth. he says, I am and they all fell over. If you were part of that army. What would you do? i of high it out of there in a heartbeat. He just said I am. And they all fell over. Boom. As if you think you got power over me. I can call a legion of angels right now if I want to. And they all fell over. How about this guy? I, I got this kind of mind. This is how I think. You know the guy that, that Peter cut off his ear? He cuts off his ear and jesus now i don't know if he doesn't say he bent over and picked it up and put it back on but it says he touched it and he got a new ear this guy went from seeing my ear on the ground and maybe it was still there and another ear here would that sway you would that impress you would that make you stop and think what am i doing arresting this guy i mean i don't know who he is but he touched me and i got a new ear You see how our thinking could be so shallow. God wants us to rise up from where we're at. And even though all our circumstances say defeat, 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 defeat. And start saying, I'm rising up higher and higher i'm setting my mind on the one who can help me i know there's hope in him i am determined and like this man rose up and and carried his bed on his back praise god i'm going to rise up i'm going to walk with jesus and serve him and live radically for him for the rest of my life amen. hallelujah can you say amen? amen glory be to god well bless the lord oh my soul come on up here praise and worship team God's will has already been established, but the question is, will we be made whole? What is our will? What do we have to say about it? The provision has been made, the work's been done, and we've got to be determined, just like that fellow was determined. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school,